Fuck, I had something I was going to say for cold open. I can't remember. Nope, it's escaped me. We went down the rivers. We crossed the plains. Over the mountains, we fought in streams. We went west. We trapped, we mined, we carved our names. With guns and axes, we sought our fame. Our destiny was manifest. And God help those who stood in the way of business, progress, and the USA. USA. Took a long time in the bathroom is my middle name. Yeah. War crime in the bathroom is your middle name. War cry in the bathroom? War war, cri- <laughs> war crime. Oh, oh. <laughs> there might be some war cries in there, too. <laughs> Speaking of war crimes. Hey, let's get into it. I'm excited for this one. Yeah. Um, Something you actually know about. A little bit, yeah. yeah. A little bit. Don't have the book. Oh, you didn't bring the book? No, I forgot half the shit I was going to bring because... No. Yeah. Yeah. I used That's a, fine. I used a different backpack last week. So we got to fly by the seat of our memory. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, welcome back to How the West Was Fucked. How the West was fucked. Uh, as promised uh, last time, uh, this is going to be a special edition about not so much history of the Old West, but history of the making of a movie about the history of the Old West. Yeah. And it's one of the most, arguably one of the most well-known and popular Westerns of, we could say, all time. Yeah. I had some jabroni in at the fucking bar the other night. It happened to be on at the bar. It's the fucking best movie ever made, man. Best movie ever made. Possibly. So, the- so, so accurate. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Possibly well, the best listening. mustaches on screen. Yes. Oh, fucking A. I mean, I'm not denying it's a good movie. And, you know, there's a lot of it that is fairly accurate. There's a lot of it that's mm-hmm. high flute and bullshit. Yeah. And it really, really, really just puckers up and kisses the herb's ass real hard big time mm-hmm. big taste like a fucking superhero in that movie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah the the only thing about the making of that movie that i i kind of know about was i watched because uh, i fucking love val kilmer so i watched like a some interview with val kilmer where he's a it's a question and answer panel kind of thing and um they were asking him about like like where did the doc holiday voice come from in that movie and he said uh he got a hold of um one of his uh dialect coaches Mm-hmm. and was asking him about this era and like what people sounded like. And the dialect coach was like, you know what? I'm going to give you the phone number. Is it a phone number? No, no, no. He's, he gave him um, uh, recordings of a guy that had lived in that era. Yeah. And they recorded him telling stories in like, you know, before he died in like the 40s or 50s yeah. or something like that. And uh, he said, he said the, the weird part is like people from that era talk really fucking slow. Mm-hmm. But the guy was like from a, um, what do you call it? Uh uh, like you know, upper crust kind of rich because yeah, yeah. because he was kind of from a richer family and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and like and yeah, he had that like but he talks so fucking slow that he was just like, oh my god, I I can take yeah. the accent, but like I'm gonna have to yeah. speed this up a little bit. I'm yep. your <laughs> Oh, your Huckleberry. It's more Ride like that. Johnny Ringo. It would just sound even drunker than he already does. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I got two guns, one for each of you. One for the each of you. Hey, music lover. <laughs> Admittedly, yeah, Val has some of the most banger lines oh, yeah. in, in modern film history. Absolutely. For sure. It's right up there with Army of Darkness. Yeah. And one of Frank Stallone's better movies. 
Frank Stallone in that movie? Yes. Part did he play? He was the guy who uh, Val Kilmer stabs in the poker game. Oh, okay. Yeah. Really? Uh-huh. That's going to be one of those things. I'm going to have to watch it again and dub, like see that, and then I, I'll see it every time. It was like um, see recognizing Sam Rockwell like in, in the last couple of years. I watched the uh, Ninja Turtle movie again, right? Oh. And it's like Sam Rockwell. You know, the guy's like, yeah, you got any cigarettes? It's like regular or menthol? But yeah, baby Sam Rockwell was like yeah. 18. Mm-hmm. Fucking wasn't like any stabbing Doc ever did was generally with the hell bitch though. The, the hell bitch. The hell bitch is not represented in the movie. Yes, yeah, kind which of is bullshit because if, if uh, those of us or those of us those of you who have not hear, heard our Doc Holiday episodes, mm-hmm. the hell bitch is basically a cleaver that was turned into a combat weapon. Yeah, he like he like <laughs> w- what reformed it into a fucking like like a, a Bowie, bo- knife. Bowie knife. Yeah, it's, but he's like fuck you, Jim Bowie. My, you know. Yeah, this is the hell bitch. Yeah, this is the hell bitch, and it was like. Yeah, described as a little less stabby than choppy, I think. Right. Um, just something you don't want in your skull. Yeah. But what get do out of you my want, head. What do you want in your skull? <laughs> in that time period, preferably a bullet, because that's about the quickest you're going <laughs> to... Or alcohol. Yeah. Well, unless somebody's drinking out of your skull like George Perry. <laughs> <laughs> Kalima Shaktide. All right, so we're, we're, we're going to... So, Will, let her buck with your comic sense and lovely NPR voice. We'll start with Kevin Jarr. Hopefully that's how you pronounce it. J-A-R-R-E. Jer? Uh, Jerry. I think Jerry. it's Jer or Jerry. Uh, I looked it up online and somebody said Jarr, so oh, okay. we'll go with Jarr. Jarr! Uh, he's born in 1954, so he's kind of a younger guy at the time. Uh, his parents divorced, and he lived with his dad for a short time in Wyoming, so that's where he learns to ride a horsey. But his mom was also an actress, though, too, so they moved back to L.A., and Kevin actually gets a small part on Flipper as a kid. Oh. Because his mom was dating the star. Yeah. What, oh, what Flipper himself? Yep. Did the <laughs> <laughs> like that experiment where the lady has to live yeah, in the house dude. with the dolphin and yep. paints her face like a mime? Yep. Well, then... That's uh, some shit. So maybe this guy's the reason that uh, Flipper uh, commits suicide mm-hmm. in the end. They call him Flipper, Flipper, faster than lightning. <laughs> but uh, later his mom uh, marries uh, Lawrence of Arabia, or Larry of Arabia, as I call <laughs> the composer of that movie. He was a Frenchie named Maurice Alex Jarre, and that's where he gets the name. Oh, got it, okay. Uh, but his first script was Rambo Part 2. Yeah! Whoa, First Blood Part 2. He thinks he's Rambo. Rambo is a pussy. Arguably, to me, the crappiest of the yeah. Rambos. Yeah. But uh, Sly and James Cameron get a hold of the screenplay and change it all up. So there's nothing left of the script. But so that's, oh, just, so that's, that's where the exploding arrows come from. Yeah, Sylvester Stallone liked to do that to movies. I think, did mm-hmm. we talk about that movie Assassins? Where he like... Uh, he refused to say the lines and he would just change them at whim. And then when the movie was in the can, uh, he uh, he bullied his way into getting uh, writer's credit oh. for the movie. So it's like <laughs> one of the writer's credits is him. And then when the movie was kind of like a mild success, he like he like um, tried to like sue the um, uh, the publisher of the book that it was based on to get his name added to the writing credit for the book. And they were like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> That's some brass balls. Dude, Sylvester Stallone's a fucking turd. Work the shaft. Work the shaft. I I found a nice uh, quote from this guy about the Rambo 2 thing. I wrote the first draft of Rambo. 
and I just did it. I was living on dog food at the time, and I, I needed a gig. I just wanted to finish a spec script that I was writing. And they, you know, they called, Stallone called me in, and they had this idea about what they should do to the sequel to First Blood. And I said, well, how about if he searches for POWs in Southeast Asia and is back in Vietnam? He's like, great, let's do it. But I like the eating dog food at the yeah. time. Is <laughs> Oh, he wrote screenplays for The Mummy. Mm-hmm. Oh, no shit. Uh, ooh, ooh, Navy SEALs. Ooh, Navy SEALs. Oh, uh-huh. we'll get to that later. But <laughs> oh, actually, fuck. he uh, does a rewrite on the uh, Billy Bob Thornton Elmo movie. Yep. yep, Elmo movie, too. And the Jackal. Pulled mm-hmm. out the pack of cigarettes. Oh, yeah, he blows fucking uh, Jack, Jack Black's, Black's arm off. off. Mm-hmm. But in 1986, a friend sees a picture of Kevin on a horse, and he says, you look like Robert Gould Shaw, who had a statue in Boston. But Jar was already kind of a Civil War buff growing up. Uh, but he goes and sees Shaw's statue, and it has black soldiers around. <sighs> then he learns about how Shaw served with black soldiers in the Civil War, and guess what you get? He wrote the screenplay for Glory, Glory. which won three oh, yeah, Oscars. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shit, okay. But then he follows that up with Navy Seals. Hey, fucking Navy Seals was Ooh, fun. Navy Seals. And oh. Judgment Night, and the Devil's Own. But Kevin wants to direct, but he's going to do a Dracula picture. But another uh, Dracula picture was being made. Direct video. Yep. <laughs> was it like Dead and Loving It, starring no, Leslie Nielsen? I don't even know what he's going to say. I just had to. <laughs> but that was the one by uh, Francis Ford Coppola. That one Dracula movie. Wait, the, he he directed that or uh, no, wrote he, it? No, he, yeah, he was Br- going Dracula. Oh, yeah, got like it. Okay, he was going to do a Dracula movie, but that one was in production. So it's like, oh, I see. We can't have competing productions, and that one's kind of hard to top. Really, it's probably better to mm-hmm. have just lie back and let that one happen. Though. <laughs> Yes. But uh, Kevin actually wanted to do Wild Bill, but then he decides to do Wild Earp first. Because Wild Bill just gambles a lot and shoots a couple guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a Wild Bill movie. Oh, wait. Wild Earp gambles a lot and shoots a couple. Oh, wait. Yeah. yeah. That one with uh, with the uh, the dude. Yeah. And Calamity Jane. It's is pretty not, goddamn slow moving. And it's pretty crappy. Inaccurate. Yep. They have sex on the poker table, <laughs> which didn't happen. Mm. <laughs> But uh, this time, uh, he wants to do a real Wyatt Earp story with the real story and real costumes, because that really hasn't been done before. Because like we say, all the ones from earlier years, it's that bullshit where everybody looks like they're on Bonanza and shit. Oh, right, right. Mm-hmm. It's like that Billy the Kid uh, versus Dracula. They're pretty much dressed like <laughs> Marty McFly and fucking... Yeah, Back to Future 3. 3 yeah. Why, I didn't know the circus was in town. Must have got that shirt off on a dead Chinese. <laughs> So January 22nd, 1992, Kevin finished the script, and his first choice to play Wyatt Earp was Kevin Costner. Oh, Oh, of course. (laughs) Which he was in a different Wyatt Earp movie anyway. Yeah, we'll get to that. (laughs) But, of course, Kevin Costner gets his big break playing a corpse in the Big Chill. Mm. (laughs) But he was red hot after doing Dances with Wolves. Oh, Dances with Wolves, that's right. I was like, I know he's in a fucking Western one. That's right. Then supposedly Costner reads his script. And he told a friend that he just read a great script for Wyatt. Then his friend told him he had a better script for Wyatt Earp, and he was going to make his it into was a, a fucking liar. <laughs> make it into a miniseries. Uh, Costner said he already had the script when he got Jars, but either way, he declines working on on his movie. Mm. But Costner wanted to focus on uh, Earp's whole life, which would take a long time. It make does. It a long ass movie. Why it's a slog. <laughs> What? Oh, and it's if, called. It's just called Wyatt Earp. And if I'm not mistaken, no. it has Bill Pullman instead of Bill Paxton. Yep. He plays, uh, I think, Batmasterson. I got Kevin Costner, Kevin Costner, uh, Gene Hackman, Dennis Quaid. Yep. 
uh, Mark Harmon, and then a bunch of other people. I don't know. Uh, 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 uh. You're right. Yeah, Bill Pullman is Ed Masterson. Oh, he's Ed. Mm-hmm. Okay. But uh, Kevin's script focused more on the OK Corral and the aftermath there. But Costner uh, turned the six-hour miniseries into a three-hour movie that nobody liked. <laughs> <laughs> I threw it on at the bar the other day. Oh, Michael Madsen is Virgil. Yeah. Huh. And yeah, the dad's like Gene Hackman. Uh, yeah, Nick Earp. Yeah. Dennis Quaid's Doc Holliday. Yeah, that's a weird choice too because Dennis Quaid's a little more robust of a dude. Yeah. Well, it's like I say, the dude that, uh, what's his cat from Navy Seals that played Johnny Ringo in Tombstone looks more like real Doc Holliday yeah. than Val Kilmer. Yeah, even. yeah. So it leads me to believe that he probably auditioned for Doc Holliday. <gasps> dude, Lewis Smith is in this shit? Fuck yeah, he was the heavenly kid. He plays William Brocious. Uh, but like, he he's oh. the dad from the heavenly kid, the guy that dies and comes back, uh, teaches his son that he's never met how to be cool. See, so he plays Curly fucking Bill, but he, in Tombstone, it's fucking, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, oh, Powers Booth. Yeah, Powers mm-hmm. Booth. Powers Power, Booth. Yeah, which, that guy is powerful of Booths. Sinister, sinister ass. But Lewis Smith also plays a guy named uh, Perfect Tommy. He's the guitar player in um, fucking Buckaroo Banzai's oh, band. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, now it all makes sense. Now it all makes sense. <laughs> uh, but uh, the actors applauded Kevin's uh, script. Praised its uh, for its detail because nobody had ever tried to actually tell the story. That included his brothers. Uh, it was actually accurate. Uh, Jar wanted Liam Neeson to play Wyatt and David Bowie to play Doc. What? what? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what was it? This was for the Kevin Costner one or the the? Uh, no, it's the other apparently Tombstone. the fucking Terry Gilliam one. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Uh, you even asked Jeremy Irons or Michael Douglas to play. Oh, you know, Jeremy Michael Irons would be fucking Irons crazy. Been all right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, with Michael Douglas, they tried to get Kirk Douglas to do a cameo since he played uh, wider before in the 50s. Uh, also, Brendan Fraser, Timothy Hutton, and Michael Batson all all wanted to join in. Uh, they could have changed out uh, Brendan Fraser for uh, the guy that played Billy Clanton, like Lowell from Wings. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They're basically the same guy. Sandman? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Jar also wanted Tommy Lee Jones to play Curly Bill, which would have been pretty good. Yeah. Uh, one actor who desperately wanted to play Wyatt Earp and kept pastoring Jar. Yahoo serious. That's Richard Gere. <laughs> oh, no. Richard Gere. No, thanks. Take your hamster, take your hamster, hamster ass and go home. Yeah, we don't need that. <laughs> uh, December 92, Warner Brothers announced that they would start shooting. Uh, start shooting. <laughs> Costner's movie uh, in May 93. They said it was going to be two two-hour movies, not one long four-hour movie. But it turned out to be 190 minutes. Uh, Universal said that movie would not have an impact on their ERP film. This is, of course, lies because they step up their you know, their stuffs to beat it out. Hey, your movie's called Twister. Mars <laughs> is called Tornado. Two different things. <laughs> so Tombstone stepped up to get out before the wide ERP movie. Uh, scenes were trimmed down from 165 to 122. But Universal didn't want to piss off Costner because they agreed to make Waterworld the next year with him, which is the most expensive movie at the time, till Titanic rolls around for yeah. $175 Dude, million. I, uh, I, I wanted to see Waterworld so bad when it came out because of, what, 95 or 96? Uh, yeah. Something yeah. like that. It was like the summer, for me, it was the summer of 8th grade, or after 8th grade. And so I, I took my like four best friends, and we like we went to the movies and went and watched that in the theater. It was fucking glorious. I love that movie. Waterworld is the shit. So, uh, actually, Universal drops the Tombstone project because uh, rumors were Costner put the kibosh on it. Whoa. Mm-hmm. 
but Brad Pitt was going to play Wyatt and Johnny Depp played Doc. <laughs> but they dropped out when they knew oh. Costner was against it. They get uh, Disney, a division of Disney, Hollywood Pictures, got the script and handed it to Kurt Russell. He said he was on board and promised he could do it for $25 million, Oh, yeah, because not Kurt, 175 Kurt Russell started out as a Disney kid, didn't he? Mm-hmm. And a baseball player. Yep. Mm-hmm. If you haven't watched The Battered Bastards of Baseball, mm-hmm. watch that. Yeah, his dad was a coach, right? And oh, or, or he owned the team. Or owner, yeah. But he wouldn't let him, Portland, he, right? he wouldn't let him mm-hmm. play on the team, right? Because he, he's like, oh, nepotism, you got to go play for some other team. No, he played on the team like for a season and a half or something. Oh, okay. But, but yeah, that's... And he was a shortstop, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Shortstop or second base, I think. But uh, yeah, that's a good one. Be- uh, also, the Bat Boy, uh, he went on to be an actor, director. And on the cover of um, uh, Weekly World News. Yep. Yeah. But uh, he did the one where with Jackie Earl Haley's uh, child molester at the pool. What? Is that the name of the movie? It sounds uh, like a song you might have wrote. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> well, it's a nice cheery movie. I think it, what is it called? I don't know. I forget. Anyway, Billy Baldwin was announced to play Doc because he was in backdraft with Kurt Russell. Uh, uh, that would have been bad. Yeah. Um, basically, uh, that role was turned down reportedly by Tom Cruise, Matt Dillon, and uh, Val Kilmer. Matt Dillon would have been okay. Wait, Tom Cruise or Val Kilmer turned it down? Talking uh, about Doc Holliday? Uh, yeah, but a week Later, he's announced to play Doc. So. Oh, shit. Okay. Oh, no. but a week later, Baldwin is announced. No. But then Kilmer was announced to play him right after that. So, so okay. Matt, Matt Dillon would have been okay. I would have been... Uh, according to Kurt, uh, Jar really wanted Willem Dafoe to play Doc. That would have been tuberculosis looking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dude, they'd have been a lot more menacing. Yeah. For sure. I'm your huckleberry. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the, in the tub with leeches on Speed 2. Right. Yeah. Uh, but after The Passion of the Christ, uh, Disney didn't want any uh, controversy, though. So uh, Thomas Hayden Church wanted to try out for Doc, but uh, he was talking to Sam Elliott, who told him that Val already had it, but uh, Thomas uh, wanted to be in the movie at, so uh, at any cost. Johnny Ringle. Oh, yeah, Thomas Hayden Church. Uh, Lowell from Wings. Okay, oh, that, that's his fucking oh. name. Yep. Yep. God, he's way too big to be Doc. He's, yeah. So he's, the hulking he's, Doc Holiday, <laughs> Made of sand. So uh, Thomas Hayden Church sees all the other guys cast in it, and it's just you know a murderous row of actors. Oh yeah, he's that's right. He is he's, in, he's, he's in Tombstone. That's right. He's mm-hmm. Billy Clanton. Yeah, that's right. Who get you know, the bullet sponge? Yeah, for yep. the last episode. Yeah, that's right. Shooting him in the ears and the fingers and mm-hmm. the everywheres, and he's still give me more bullets. <laughs> <laughs> so he says, "Shit, I'll never get cast in this." But uh, Sam Elliott told him to go back and audition for a smaller part. What you got? Uh, Billy Zane, he was a friend of Jar because he was uh, dating. A, Jar was dating his sister. No, oh, gross. Mm-hmm. A year earlier, uh, party at Billy Zane's. Uh, Frank Stallone was there. Party yes. at Billy Zane's definitely sounds like a vandal song. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he meets another guy there, and they start talking old west shit. And they talk for three hours. Uh, he never did get the guy's name though, but it happened to be Jar. And later, Jar offered Frank a role in Tombstone. I'm surprised that uh, Frank Stallone didn't have a song on the soundtrack. Should have. Yeah, right. He start he started out as a musician and mm-hmm. was on like all the Rocky soundtracks. Yeah, he was singing around the the garbage fire. Yeah. yeah. All, oh, and he was also um, he was one of the Mario Brothers in um, in uh, the Hudson Hawk. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Finally, the votes are in. 
And Entertainment Weekly has chosen its funniest man alive. And who is the funniest man alive? You guessed it, Frank Stallone. <laughs> so Jard tried to get uh, Lisa Zane as Josephine Marcus, but the studio wanted Dana Delaney, who just beat out Jennifer Connelly. Jennifer Ooh, Cannoli. She, oh, I fucking love Jennifer Cannelly. But uh, he got Lisa cast as Big Nose Kate. Uh, but Lisa Zane was kind of the inspiration for Josephine Marcus, the, the character, as, mm. as Jar wrote, a kind of independent lady. Also inter- inter- interested was White Earp's actual fifth cousin, Glenn White Earp. Uh, <laughs> he was an actor trying to break into acting, and he contacted, uh, contacted both films for roles. If you're trying to break into acting, you're not yet an actor. Uh, he was going <laughs> to do Costner's, but the script wasn't finished yet, so he went with Tombstone. No. Oh. So he plays one of the cowboys, I think, right? Which, which guy? Uh, White Earp the Third. He's actually yep. billed as White Earp the Third. Uh, Jar wanted to, the set to actually look like the town of Tombstone at the time, so which he put horse shit ankle deep everywhere, and mm-hmm. but basically it's a boom town because everything's new. It's right. not like the old ghost towns right. that you see in most westerns. Right, since it's Arizona, all the feces dries up quicker than mm-hmm. Deadwood. <laughs> Uh, they spent about a million dollars in construction. Uh, some of it would be filmed at Tucson, Tucson Studios, and most of it would be filmed at the standing old west town of Mescal, 50 miles from old Tucson. It was kind of the sister set there. But back in 93, it was in, kind of in a sorry state, and much of it had to be rebuilt. But Tombstone, the town, wanted to make itself look classy and upscale and flashy. So great pains were made to find period-appropriate props, Kind of wanted it period correct. So it would have been a boom, booming town. So it, all the streets were full when you look, look at the movie now. And they got gas lights. Mm-hmm. Not everybody just hanging around. People were actually busy doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, drinking hot whiskey in the 110 degree weather. Mm-hmm. Add some opium. And of course, they'd be pulling guns on each other the whole time. Really slowly and really inaccurately. Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Cock and fucking... <laughs> Your six-shooter with both hands. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) So even though Tombstone was beginning shooting two months before uh, Costner's picture, Costner had already gobbled up all the period-correct costumes in Hollywood. You fucker. So Tombstone had to go to Europe to find costumes, but basically they would be from Europe at the time because they were trying to look fancy. Oh, right. So actually it would be appropriate. Swiss pikeman garb. Yeah, <laughs> the clown clown clothes. <laughs> and, you know, the clothes weren't in sepia tones. They were garish and yeah. lots of greens and purples and all sorts of shit. Yep. A guy named Peter Shireko. That's weird. Uh, he created Canvas West Productions a couple of years before, which kind of provided period correct reenactors. They kind of came with their own wardrobe, guns, ammo, and they knew what they're doing. They I want that horses. fucking job. So bad. Yep. <laughs> they were called the Buckaroos on set. The, yeah. I have the fucking beard for it. I know how to ride a horse. I got a 30-30. Mm-hmm. So the Buckaroos had taken a picture of one of their guys in full dress and, and sepia tones and showed it to Jar. And Jar asked, uh, what book did you get this picture out of? And the Buckaroos said, well, we just took it a few days ago. That's one of our guys. And Kevin said, well, we can't have the extras look better than the actual stars. And the Buckaroos would help with that. Uh, so it was Kevin's idea about the playing card boots uh, that uh, I think Powers Booth had. Yep, Curly Bill. Because the the Cowboys would get and got dressed up when they came to town. Because mm-hmm. that was the only, their only chance to to do that. 
And the red sashes were a way to identify the bad guys, even though it didn't happen in real life. Right. But they make a big fucking deal of it in mm-hmm. the movie. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's a storytelling device. Yeah. So the, you know. But they probably did have sashes at some point because uh, pants didn't have belt loops. Yeah. And suspenders would get in the way of your guns. Well, and yeah, gun and gun leather was a expensive. Well, it's like Wild Bill generally didn't use a leather rig. He would like tuck the shit into a cummerbund or a sash. Oh yeah, you know? isn't that uh, Judge Roy Bean used to do that too? Mm-hmm. He like wore a sash that he tucked his guns. Yeah, into. this bullshit of having your gun down on your hip was not a super common thing because it's hard to like ride that way. It's right. like you know, uh, Sam Elliott. He knew the hat maker. Tom Hurt from another film, so that's where he was brought in to furnish wow. all the hats. Sam Elliott knows something about making a Western. Shocking. Yep. <laughs> you know, that's that's the first step is to get a good hat. Well, yeah. It's the most important part. God, I'm just looking at stills of the fucking Kevin Costner, Wyatt Earp movie, and it just looks so fucking boring mm-hmm. comparatively. It's fairly boring. Uh, so all the actors met with that guy to, to get a hat, except for Val Kilmer. He just finds a hat uh, while... Laying around and just karate chops it. Wait, what? Yeah, Val Kilmer, his little hat, like because you know his doc has kind of a smaller, yeah, uh, upper, you know. Uh, but uh, Kevin liked it because it was rolled up on one side. Uh, eventually, as Kevin got more busy with the actual film, he turned over the costuming to uh, to Tom Hurt. There, costuming. Costner tried to film in the real town of Tombstone, but the city council voted down his request to tear down part of the town and rebuild it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, you got to respect my art. <laughs> but even though they still have a lot of uh, old old buildings there, it's it's pretty touristy, and yeah. you, you wouldn't be able to do that. Doc Holliday's ice cream. Uh, many of the buckaroos stayed at the Bob Kamari Ranch. Intense. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other actors stayed at the Tucson Holiday Inn. <laughs> Doc Holiday, which is not in Cambodia. Oh, hot. Pot. Basically, they take over half the hotel. Oh, holiday in Cambodia. Fuck you. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, the stagecoach that they used in the movie was rebuilt from one that was wrecked by Buffalo Bill Cody in 1882. Whoa. Genuine uh, article. Got a wreck title. <laughs> Not for resale. <laughs> Bent frame. We can yep. straighten this fucker out. Uh, they actually have to widen it because people are fatter now. Yeah. Even... 92. Well, that, and that's got, I mean, uh, there's a lot of stagecoaches that you go to the muse, uh, the town museum in Deadwood, and they have a bunch of wagon and stagecoaches, and just how narrow those fucking things are. Just Tiny. It's like an old Jeep. You go around a corner too fast. It's going ass over too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Only. Uh, but that was owned by Red Wolverton, who also drives it in the film, and Red also provided many of the horses in the film, too. Mm-hmm. Filming began May 17th. Uh, the prop master brings out all the movie chairs for everybody. One of the buckaroos comes up to him at one point and points out the chair said Tombstone, not Tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> so the prop master is embarrassed and he collects them all up and gets them fixed before filming actually starts, though. <laughs> uh, so Jar planned to work six days a week for 62 days. First day, they filmed the scene where Russell and Delaney race the horsies. Mm. Wow, that's ambition. It's like, if we're going to kill our main actors, like we might as well do it do on it, the first day. Do <laughs> And uh, she rides regular, not side saddle. Mm-hmm. But her uterus is going to fall right mm-hmm. out. Didn't she ever read the 1830s medical <laughs> manual for young ladies? Yeah, no shit. Uh, that she'll be arrested for uh, killing all the eggs in her right. mm-hmm. womb or whatever. But uh, I guess in uh, some of the scenes, she rides regular, 
But uh, she had a fake leg put on to make it look like she's riding side saddle. Because riding side <laughs> saddle has got to be fucking horrific. Pain in the fucking mm-hmm. ass, yeah. Uh, Turn your seat in your fucking car facing your window, you know, your driver's yeah. side window and try to drive your shit. Uh, Bing Russell, that's Kurt's dad. He played the sheriff on Bonanza. He also appears on the TV show The Life and Legend of Wider. And he also played a deputy in 1957's Gunfight at the OK Corral. Ooh. In that movie, Hugh O'Brien played Wyatt Earp. And in the movie Tombstone, Hugh O'Brien plays the wagon master, which Kurt Russell talks to. Oh. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. A buckaroo named Jerry Crandall did a stunt where he falls off the horse. But I do, he, I've done that stunt a lot of times mm-hmm. in my life. But he made Mostly the mistake. unexpectedly. <laughs> yep. But he makes the mistake of putting his hand down to cushion the fall. Oh, yeah, that's how you, oh, you want no. a broken arm. That's how you break your arm. And his arm was knocked out of socket. Yeah. Ooh. He tried to continue, but it kept slipping out. Damn it. Fuck, dude. <laughs> Mr. Potato Head. You're a buckaroo. Grandel, come on, suck it up. Buckaroo. Oh, God. Uh, Henry Hooker was played by Chuck Heston. Yep. Damn dirty ape cowboys. Uh, originally in the script, uh, Hooker was hesitant to help out the herps at first, but that one really jived with Heston. Yeah. But Heston just plays as Heston. And just pretends yeah. that he's Moses. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So basically, uh, he kind of regales everybody with stories of the old days. Uh, when a monsoon rolled, rolls in and with cracks of thunder, one crew member said, oh, my God. And then he feels a hand on his shoulder. And Heston said, boy, fetch me my shaft. Or staff. Oh, oh so he's because literally he's doing the goddamn Moses. Partying the Red Sea. Oh, wow. <laughs> Fucking, that's like when I met, or we, we had uh, Schwarzenegger speak to us before leaving uh, Fort Irwin because mm-hmm. the cow guard was there. And it most of his speech was shit like, you know, get to the chopper. And, like, he'd just find ways to throw the right, lines throw from his, his fucking lines in. in. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be back and, like, all this shit. He, did. I mean, he fucking did that with his, like, uh, when he was, like, running for, you know, governor of yeah. California and shit. Same way he gave his speeches and then... Just- Forever. I, I love the the one that sticks with me is, like, because uh, he's, like, a big Humvee guy. Yeah. He's, like, a... Oh, please. When he's like running against whoever it was, he's like, Oh, please, your tax reforms have big enough loopholes I can drive my Humvee through yeah. it. Like, well, I think you. he got delivered the very first Humvee, yep. and he almost Civilian. immediately got it converted over to fuel cell. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, but we wanted him to do the one from Conan where, like, you know, destroy <laughs> the enemy. The lamentations of the women. Yeah, like, right off Screams on the horses, of the, horses. the lamentations of the women. <laughs> but he didn't do that one. He didn't punch a camel either. We weren't in Iraq yet. <laughs> uh, but uh, Chuck Heston was only there for three days. Take your sticking paws off me, you damn dirty ape. After he left, they noticed when uh, he was shot from behind, his hairpiece was crooked. <laughs> <laughs> Blew his hairpiece right off. But uh, luckily, one of the buckaroos looked enough like him from behind that they used him for reshoots. But the actors did party it up at the uh, Holiday Inn. They would put uh, Doc in front of Holiday Inn. Of course. Uh, there. Around the bar and around the pool. Uh, actually, at the pool, one of the drunk actor, to be unnamed, dropped a six-foot sub into the pool. Sandwich. Sub sandwich. Oh, okay. <laughs> a submarine in the fucking pool? Mm-hmm. Uh, one day, Dana Delaney was swimming uh, bare-ass naked in the pool. Awesome. So two guys were watching, of course. Uh, a guy named Chris Swinney, he was part of the crew. He walked up and asked what they were looking at. So he kind of accidentally bumps into him and knocks them both into the pool. 
That's got to be the least subtle body check. Like, uh, later he shows up for work and somebody asked if he still had a job because one of the two guys that uh, were watching was uh, the producer, Jim Jacks. No. Oh, yeah. The other guy was uh, Terry O'Quinn, the, the Mayor Clum guy. But as good as Jar was as a writer, he was bad as a director. Yep, too slow. Mm-hmm. Um, it was his first film directing, and he dressed in Old West style, too. <laughs> oh, excellent. And he kind of fancied himself a modern-day John Ford, which has meant yeah. many long shots uh, and didn't do enough covered shots. He was too controlling the way the actors walked and said their lines, which took too long to shoot, too. So two weeks in, they're already behind schedule and over budget. Uh, John Milius was asked to come in and help his friend, uh, Jar. Uh, Milius said he would do it, but other uh, stories said he turned it down and said Kevin was doing okay. But uh, if you know John Milius, he was the model for uh, Dude's friend and Oh, uh, fucking uh, Walter Subject. Yep. Oh, God. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. he would bring guns into Hollywood meetings oh, and yeah. stuff. Yeah. And he doesn't work on Shabbos, so it would put the movie more behind. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, John McTiernan, uh, he was asked yeah. to, to come in. He was the diehard and predator dude. Fuck yeah. Didn't he do, uh, he did um, Last Action Hero also, which he was oh. basically making a parody of one of his own movies. Right. And fucking did it absolutely excellent well. But he wanted to shut down production for two weeks to prepare. Jar wouldn't take any suggestions from anybody because kind of his way or the highway. Uh, not a good for a first-time director. Please tell me they locked him in the calaboose because mm-hmm. <laughs> he wants to be in period appropriate. So basically, um, most of his shots were reshot or cut. So basically, just the uh, the Charlton Heston, Charlton Heston scenes shot. was was his. He was fired after a month. Oh damn! Uh, he was constantly smoking. It looked like Jar lost about fifteen to twenty pounds. <laughs> Uh, Disney was going to shut the movie down, but uh, Kurt Russell flies to Hollywood and convinced him not to. He said he would direct it. Just picture Kurt Russell soaring off like a condor <laughs> under, under his own power. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I must go. My people need me. <laughs> uh, so he said he would direct it if they wouldn't put his name on it. Kurt knew that Sylvester Sloan had ghost-directed Rambo 2 and Cobra with George Cosmatos. She's Greek for comatose. Yep. Wait, he said I'll direct it if you don't put my name on it. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be what Alan Smithy or whatever you fucking put on. Yep. The, like, <laughs> no, they would get uh, this mean Greek guy named George Cosmatos. Okay, okay. Because he knew that Cosmatos would play ball and do as he was told. Sure. And actually, he's actually good at directing action too. He was actually going to do Die Hard three uh, when an executive walked in and said, "Stop what you're doing, and you're now directing Tombstone." He said, "Okay, damn." <laughs> But uh, at least he knew how to shoot a movie, and uh, he had actors who knew what they were doing. So off we go. Cosmatos was known as a saver of uh, troubled productions there. Uh, Jar had got $200,000 for the script and $150,000 to direct. Cosmatos got hundred or just $1 million to direct. Poor baby. Actors were worried, but Kurt addressed everybody and said, we're going to get this movie made. Mm. God damn it. Or I'm going to pistol whip every fucking one of you because I've been practicing. But uh, Cosmatos was a loud, profane, cigar-chomping, chain-smoking Greek who is often blunt, gruff, and politically incorrect. Hi, this is George Cosmatos, director of Cobra, and this is the Warner Brothers logo, which I love. Here's the movie. Now this is dawn. You see the sun coming up. Birds are on the lamppost. You see greetings on the windowpane. And the birds fly away. 
Even the birds are scared of the gunshots. So uh, he never even worked with horses before, and we'll find that out. Oh, so he's just too. calling horses assholes all the time, <laughs> while flicking cigar ashes at him. <laughs> yep. But are you a fucking horse, uh, sir? Yes, that is actually <laughs> horse. But it was uh, Kurt that was really in charge because every night he would give George a shot list for the next day, and he told George that he wouldn't tell anybody about this when he was alive. So good thing George died in 2005 from lung cancer. Yeah. Dude, Tombstone was like the next to last thing he directed. Mm-hmm. He did one one episode of Joe Bob's Drive-In Theater and then a Shadow Conspiracy in 1997 and then died in 05. Crazy. Uh, Jar actually dies in 2011, too, of heart failure. He's pretty young, too. Oh, shit. Yeah. But the script was redone and cut and people were pissed. Old Man Clanton was cut out completely. Uh, and the Clanton scenes at their farm were cut to, to show him as a family too, to kind of humanize him. Right. Yeah. And also, what's the other bro- what's Ike's other brother? Billy. No, not the, not uh, the Finn. one. Finn. Finn. Yeah, they cut him out completely. Yeah. yeah. Some actors said it turned into the Val and Kurt show, which basically it is. <laughs> I mean, <Duh>. yeah, <laughs> that's kind of what it was. Sam Elliott said he wouldn't agree to it if he was shown the second script, which was a lot of shit cut out. But you're you're in it now. Uh, first day, Cosmet. Cosmatos was on the set. He came up to an actor and yelled for his assistant. And he screams at the top of his lungs, Who are these men in rags? I want them off the set. The assistant said, This is the Red Sash gang. They're the bad guys. And then George looks (laughs) the men up and down and strokes his chin. Oh, I like these guys. (laughs) George comes up to Sam Elliott, who is watching the filming. Nose to nose, he asked him, Am I going to have trouble with you? In a Greek accent, of course. Yeah. And Sam Elliott said, I don't know, am I going to have trouble with you? And then George just laughed and said, oh, we're going to get along just fine. All right. All so right. he's just an asshole. It's an old school fucking surly dickhead. Well, he's got to mm-hmm. poke you a couple times to see whether you pop. So Cosmatos wore a cheap straw cowboy hat, black socks, and white tennis shoes. Well, fuck yeah. Period appropriate, baby. Mm-hmm. He smoked five packs a day and drank 40 cups of coffee. Fuck, I, oh, man, I don't feel so bad anymore. <laughs> uh, basically, he was just mean and screamed at people. He would scream at, uh, what are you doing on my set? He yelled at uh, production designer Catherine Hardwick. He was yelling at her for wearing shorts on set. He said, uh, you have no style. I would never hire you. <laughs> Earlier, he had told her. He says with his straw hat on. Yeah. Yep. Earlier, he told her, you should have been a man when they first met. Jesus. Uh, and he told her, told her, you should wear a long black dress and a cigarette holder. That's so why I want you to dress like, like Greta Garbo. Yep, at 110 degrees out in the, fuck the desert. Uh, animals weren't safe from them either. Uh, Cosmatos wanted a shot of a horse drinking water. What's with the long face, you piece of shit? <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't tell the Wranglers that, and they already watered the horses. And the old saying goes... Horses are big and strong, and you you can uh, lead the horse to water. The horse will follow you because they've got the, the bit in their mouth, right? Uh, but you can't make the horse drink. In other words, you... You could push. You could even actually uh, force the horse's head down. But if they don't want to drink, they're not going to drink. And of course, the horse wouldn't drink the water when they set up the shot. Now George was yelling at the wrangler, which spooked the horse. <laughs> and he says, "God damn it! It's not drinking. What do horses eat? They eat meat." <laughs> Everybody snickered, and the horse snickered. I wrote that. Yeah. yeah. The Wrangler said, no, all my horses here on set are vegetarian. (laughs) 
So the Wrangler drives 45 minutes to get some oats while they wait. I know he's joking, but I love the implication that somewhere out there there is a pen full of carnivorous horses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so while they're waiting, Cosmatos gets some meat from craft services and uh, puts it in front of the horse. What? <laughs> Here, Tina, eat your fucking ham. Eat your ham. Tina, Tina you fat lord. <laughs> Uh, Kurt had screwed up a scene. George was so upset he wanted to throw a water bottle at him, but he, you know, can't really throw it at the real director. So he looked around and found an extra and threw the bottle of water at him. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> Bring uh, me my whipping boy. Yep. He once told an actor, you know why this film's going to be wonderful? I'm cutting all the women out. Oh, fuck, dude. Well, they, they would, they're, they're settling some lawsuits. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> It was a place where a man could start over, where a fortune could be made. They say every town has a story. Tombstone has a legend. Who is he? That's Wider. Better name for himself as a peace officer. I heard of you. I'm retired. You must be Doc Holliday. You retired too? Not me. I'm in my prime. Hollywood Pictures presents... The only real law around here is the Cowboys. The story of Wyatt Earp. The first time in our lives we got a chance to stop wandering and finally be a family. Now this is trouble we don't need. If we're gonna have a future in this town, it's gotta have some law and order. What do you want, Ringo? I want your blood. I want your soul. I want them both right now. Shot your brother. Now the time has come for justice. Guess maybe you better swear me in. And he has to live up to his reputation. You got a fight coming. I'll be there! One last time. None of your problem, Doc. You don't have to mix up in this. That is a hell of a thing for you to say to me. In a battle. The last charge of Wyatt Earp and his immortals. At the OK Corral. Oh, my God. The West would never forget. Kurt Russell. Val Kilmer. Dana Delaney. Powers Booth. Michael Bean. Bill Paxton. Jason Priestley, Sam Elliott, and Charlton Heston. You tell them I'm coming, and hell's coming with me! Justice is coming to Tombstone. First scene they would shoot uh, was at Sabino Canyon, uh, shooting at Curly Bill. Mm. Originally, the scene called for Powers Booth being shot in half by Wyatt's shotgun, and a whole apparatus was built. And uh, they do realize that a shotgun can't actually blow somebody totally in half. Right? Yep. So <laughs> basically, they kind of built this rig, and Powers Booth would be half buried into the ground. That would be some fucking Ash versus Evil Dead level of. <laughs> Inaccuracy, in cartoonish. Well, just, well like deadites, you know, because yeah. you know, Ashby blowing all sorts of shit off deadites, but oh, yeah. at least they're supposed to be squishy, right? But uh, Cosmatos changed the whole thing, uh, and he uh, planned it for the river. But uh, 
basically it wasn't river before because it had rain and now they had actual water in that creek no oh. um it's a cool scene though mm-hmm. uh while filming the scene kurt russell's shotgun didn't make a loud enough sound <laughs> even though they're adding it post anyway. i was gonna say yeah. they, they he doesn't realize that adr is a fucking thing mm-hmm. so more powder was added Oh, God. A cameraman was right by him, and the powder went off and God. started the cameraman's clothes on fire. I was going to say, and caught his, either his hair or his clothes on fire. But he was quickly put out, probably just rolled into the river, the new river that they just had. <laughs> fucking awesome. I want, I want to see that behind the scenes. For no the, shit, dude. Just a mm-hmm. fucking nuke fireball fucking coming out of the fucking <laughs> end of a stoger. Uh, they also had trouble with uh, some of the original 73 Winchesters they had there. Yeah. Because they wouldn't eject. The same reason the people in '73 had problem with them. You got to pull out. You take out your Bowie knife and you pull off the side plate and you diddle the thing out and then. Well, that's because somebody put 45s in there instead of the 4440s. Oh, oh yeah, fuck. that'll happen too. <laughs> well, and that's what happened. What's what's the guy that? Um, it is one of uh, uh, old West or yeah, Wild West extravaganza just did a guy not too long ago where he accidentally loaded his pistol cartridge into his Winchester and there's like shit and was like holding off Comanches while still disassembling his rifle oh, and putting fuck. it back together. <laughs> yeah. Oops. I forget. Josh will hit us up on Insta and tell me I'm an idiot or something. Does he actually listen? I think he does. Oh, well, well hi. He at least he follows does. our Insta. <laughs> yeah. And if you, if, if you don't like the sidetracks and, uh, all the fart sounds. Yeah, listen Wild to Wild West Extravaganza. Excellent, excellent Wild West podcast. Uh, it's like this, only competent. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to get him on here one of these days. We're going to get him on here one of the, We're going to steal some of his... Uh, uh, what do you call it? Clout. I well, guess. we were you know we tried to get him on the horse porn one, but he he didn't fall for that shit. No. <laughs> <laughs> so now they moved to the old Tucson Studios, which I've been to. Which, if you know the. Uh, Secret uh, password. The church from the first scene and mm-hmm. is always the church that they have, in, uh, like in Three Amigos. Probably, that's, oh that's, yeah, that's probably once upon a time in Mexico and yeah, a lot of a lot country. of stuff has been shot there. Uh, they uh, use the Birdcage Theater there, uh, but in reality, Starring Robin Williams. The birdcage wasn't open in Tombstone until December 1881, and the gunfight at the OK Corral was October 1881. But they did have period uh, correct gas lamps and candles and stage floodlights, which makes it even hotter inside. Yep, because oh, yeah. don't they kind of shine everything with mirrors? Mm-hmm. So it's 110 outside and 120 inside. Oh, outstanding. Fuck that, dude. Uh, mm. But they called it that because the second floor... Uh, uh, balconies look like bird cages. And then also, you just Plus picture you have birds in there too. All these, you know, actors in period appropriate costume that you can't exactly just throw in the fucking laundry. Yeah, right. And you probably Ooh, don't have yeah. time just day in and day out. Just, mm. <laughs> you're not wearing a bustle. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a fucking 120, motherfucker. Yeah. Of course. It, it fused with my flesh. <laughs> <laughs> so during that scene, uh, Charles Schneider was the guy hired by Jar to be the juggler. He had no experience in juggling, but he practiced. Sounds like a fucking Batman villain. <laughs> yeah, pr- that probably the is. <laughs> I'm the juggler. Yeah. Shit, uh, I guess. Why not? We have everything else. But when it came time to film, he was handed period correct juggling clubs, which oh, no. were much heavier. Oh, whoops. And he's like, oh, I'm going to fuck this up. Added to that, though, one had an explosive charge in it. To do the, hey, Mr. Juggler, juggle this. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. And he's like, professor, like, I saw him up in Bisbee. He catches things. Or, or, yeah. Yeah, he catches catches things. Catches things, yeah. 
So the special effects guy uh, told him to keep his eyes closed when it went off because you can't really wear goggles. <laughs> uh, Schneider said a little too loud. I don't think I could juggle these pins. And of course, Cosmatos overhears this Ooh. and said, what the fuck? A juggler can't juggle? Who hired you? And Schneider replied, Kevin Jar, he's my friend. <laughs> and everybody goes, oh, shit. Powers Booth stepped in, though. He overhears everything. He told Cosmatos there, uh, that there's nothing in the script that actually says he has to juggle. Maybe he should just throw the pin up in the air. And, and have it explode. And then just get shot right away. Which is pretty much what happens, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. And Cosmatos said, just fucking do it. Damn. Also, yeah, Powers, Powers Booth I would not fuck with. He's no. always kind of freaked me out. No, dude, absolutely. He's There's something fucking evil and menacing in that guy. Well, guy's that's eyes. why when he plays like Cy Tolliver on Deadwood, he's like, uh-huh. you know, come over here on my sinister side. Like, <laughs> right. uh, also in the background of that is an extra uh, Mrs. Sam Elliott, Catherine Ross. Okay. She was the uh, Butch and Sundance lady graduate. Oh. Oh, yep. yeah. That's Sam Elliott's uh, squeeze. Mm-hmm. Uh, Disney sent out memos not to swear on set because children fuck were present. You. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. God Cosmatos damn it. is like Cosmatos was yeah every dick, fuck yeah, you. every fuck word you, on his mouth is just fuck. He belongs on this podcast. Uh, there's a rumor that a Pima County deputy was uh, stalking the set because Cosmatos was just whip it out and pee whenever. He, <laughs> it's Arizona. Yeah, what? Jesus. But he didn't have the decorum to step behind a bush or anything. Oh, he just turn his back and piss. He turned his back. <laughs> At least he did that. Uh, so one time, he, George called action. Then the boom operator uh, intervened, saying, "Hey, what's that sound?" So it was George taking a whiz. Apparently, he yelled action mid whiz. <laughs> what? Over his shoulder? Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, action! Shake, shake, shake. Yep. Uh, Cosmatos had also ruined shots by cracking pistachios while filming. He would get cans of cheese whiz from craft services and shoot it directly in his mouth. I mean, this guy's kind of endearing. Mm-hmm. And he'd also spit food as he talked to while you're cur- getting cursed out for being an asshole. And, what yeah. the fuck? What? Okay. Uh, he was also get into it with the cinematographer. Uh, that was William Fraker, uh, who also did Island of Dr. Moreau and Day of the Dolphin Ooh. and Street Fighter. The fuck is Day of the Dolphin? I thought I sent you a clip of that. Night of the Lepus only with... Maybe you did. I don't always watch everything you send me. Oh, sometimes you send it to me weird times <laughs> of the day. Because it's unnecessary. But basically it's a plot to, I think, assassinate the president with a dolphin. <laughs> a bomb, a bomb on so the it is like Night of the Lepus, only giant. Rats 1973 American science fiction thriller film directed by Mike Nichols and starring George C. Scott, based on the 1967 novel Un Animal du de Rosan uh, oh. by French writer blah, blah blah blah. Brilliant and driven scientist Jake Terrell and his wife Maggie, along with their sm- small team, are training dolphins to communicate with humans. On the remote island research facility. And this they is fucking one- Patton doing this. <clears throat> yeah. They teach one dolphin, Alpha. All right, you stupid fish. Whom uh, raised in captivity for four years to speak simple English. What? Oh. How, how does it speak? In- I have to watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like uh, that fucking Darwin from uh, Sequest. Yeah. I'm helping. And introduces him to a female <laughs> dolphin captured in the wild whom they named Beta, of course. Um, Alpha re- 
regresses to his native native language of dolphin oh, <laughs> for a while, oh, but, soon, dolphin. but huh. soon teaches Beta to understand English too. Cut the fuck. What you wonder when the <laughs> the dolphins get kidnapped when some part of the, somebody finds out that they're being trained to become politi- carry out political assassinations <laughs> using magnetic limpet mine to kill the president That's, of the United States. That is a thing. Yeah, Navy Navy does that. Uh, yeah. Actually, I think Navy also teaches them how to pull limpet mines off of shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, wasn't Russia training dolphins to Everybody, do that shit? Well, I, yeah. They actually caught some with the weird harnesses and shit on yeah, right? I've, I've definitely seen the pictures of them with uh, cameras on their flippers yeah. and so You know, yeah. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Crazy. I wasn't in the Navy. <laughs> so we Cosmatos gets in a fight with Fraker. Fraker storms off, but later they run into each other, both driving golf carts. <laughs> so they run into each other. Like, literally? <laughs> yep. Smash. Awesome. Uh, rumor was they got into a fist fight, too. Awesome. Uh, Fraker threatened to quit so many times that they made him an associate producer just to keep him around. <laughs> he like leveled up from the fight. Wait, what? What was his his was like the AP c- or something? Cinematographer. Oh. Cinematographer. Okay. Fraker also had a special lens that actually held a chivas. Oh, it's, <laughs> he's got a fucking flask shaped like a fucking lens. <laughs> <laughs> so he would dip that, into that while when he was stressed. Holy that shit. is fucking awesome. That's amazing. Uh, people also tried to sneak pictures on the close I've, set. I've seen the binocular flasks mm-hmm. where you sneak into the baseball game and like you just unscrew one of the lenses. So they had to keep uh, people from taking up uh, because also uh, in I don't know about uh, the Mescal, but old Tombstone Studios they still would have tours that you could go through mm-hmm. while they're filming too. Mommy, why is that man peeing on the cactus? <laughs> Holy shit! You can get a Nikon um, DSLR mug. Like it's a, it looks just like a regular zoom lens, like a long ass zoom lens, but it's a coffee mug. Nice. Yeah. Sick. What a wonderful world. But when Goldie Hawn showed up on set, everybody bothered her to to get an autograph. Wow. Uh, back at the hotel, a uh, hotel housekeeper asked Goldie, who is kind of hurrying out for an autograph. She signed it with some choice words added. <laughs> what the hell was Goldie Hawn doing there? She was Kurt Russell's girl. Still is. Probably visiting. Goldie Hawn. Oh, like her, his her real girl. I'm like, she's not in this fucking movie. No, she was just showing up to. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I forgot. Get laid. But uh, she signed it uh, with her autograph, probably said, fuck off, too. So the <laughs> housekeeper looked at it and ripped it up and threw it on the ground. <laughs> what? <laughs> That'd be, that'd be fucking sick if you got Goldie Hawn's autograph and it said, fuck, fuck off. You. Yeah. Uh, while Kurt was getting his makeup done, uh, a still photographer kept uh, shooting pictures of him. Kurt told him to stop, and he continued. Finally, Kurt fired a blank at him and scared the shit out of him. There you go. Whoa, fuck. <laughs> he should have like learned his uh, stage combat buffaloing skills. Oh, right, yeah. He should have stayed in character and knocked the guy with the fucking head. Bonked him in the head with a prop gun. Filmed the train scene uh, uh, at Old Tucson when they get into town there. But, of course, they only have 100 yards of track, so it's mm. not a big wide shot or anything. Uh, the train was refitted with an air compressor. That's what m- actually moved it. <laughs> wow, that's safer than building a steam bomb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, of course, steam was added by special effects to make it look real. Uh, during that scene, Bill Paxton wanted to eat hard-boiled eggs. But after the fifth egg of <laughs> 110 degree heat... Just <laughs> Bill Paxton with the fucking dengue fever and the ship's fucking... <laughs> So he finally switches out for an apple so he could chuck it at the end of the scene there. 
the Huckleberry scene comes not from real life, but a 1927 novel about Tombstone, the Iliad of the Southwest. So Huckleberry There's might like have meant, harpies. I'm your man, uh, at, you know, when you're issued a challenge. Mm-hmm. And uh, Arthurian lore, well, like uh, Arthur, 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 Arthur. Yeah, like King Arthur. Like yeah. sword and the stone. Maybe I shouldn't have wrote it with a O. <laughs> Maybe I'd have pronounced it right then. Arthur. Uh, Huckleberry was given the Knights of the Round Table for rescuing damsels in distress. What? I'm your Huckleberry. Uh, You've been a good boy. Here's, here's hold out your hand. Here's one Huckleberry. <laughs> Get a fucking word this original if you slay a dragon. <laughs> There's another story that uh, Huckle meant the handle for coffin. So if I'm your Hucklebearer, also means oh. I'm the guy who carrying your coffin, but that kind of seems like a stretch. That's some horseshit. Huckle. Uh, Hucklebearer was also the guy who sat by the grave in case the bell was rung. In case oh, you yeah. Were yeah, yeah. In case they came back. Yeah. Oops, we, we got a redo. Uh, Hit the shovel. Huckle. Definition. Noun. Uh, the hip or haunch. And Mountain Jack Pike grabbed her by the huckle. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, whenever Jason Priestley was around. <laughs> a projecting or humped part. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> okay. Speaking of humps, Jason Priestley. Ooh, you uh, mean hunks? Yep. Uh, whenever he was around, throngs of young girls crowded the set. Well, he was fucking hot shit at that moment. Because mm-hmm. I think he was, 902 and is still happening, right? Yep. And I think Clueless was about to come out because he was in Clueless. And he was mm-hmm. in an episode of Quantum Leap. Oh. That's... And he was in Tombstone. And he was in, oh, yeah, he was in Tombstone, too. <laughs> but he had a bigger role when uh, Jar was in charge, but he got cut back severely because he was the sister boy. That they all made fun of. Mm-hmm. Cosmato screamed, I want China he- Chinatown here today. Build me a Chinatown today. <laughs> That's a new sentence. Yeah. Uh, no shit. Catherine well, H- especially most old white guys, you know, uh, want Chinatown the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, right. So Catherine Hardwick, she returns with a sketch. She gets a lot of the brunt of, her, of this guy's assholery. And says, uh, you know, something like this. Doesn't look Chinese enough. Uh, she said that her art director drew it. Cosmato said, oh, you don't know how to draw, are you? Do you? And he gets on the megaphone and announces it. This bitch doesn't know how to draw! <laughs> what a dickhead. And then he danced around like Rumpel Foreskin. <laughs> fuck. What the fuck? This guy is insane. Yeah. Later is, is, she... Is he putting brandy in every cup of coffee he's got? Probably. Yeah. Uh, well, we get to his diet later. It's pretty good. Oh, super. Sour, uh, sauerkraut. Hard-boiled eggs, apples, and... Mm-hmm. I was thinking sauerkraut and fucking, uh, fucking pork. Like the... Like my an- favorite pizza? No, like Anton Wood. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. It yeah. makes you degenerate. That's that's what my, well, that's my, it's my favorite pizza. Like that's why you're such a de- ha- degenerate. Happy man. Joe's Canadian Bacon and Sauerkraut. Yeah. Literally, it is called the... Uh, what the Happy Joe's special, I think. Yeah. It's excellent. <laughs> it is fucking excellent. So, later she comes back with a drawing that she drawed. She drawed. Yep. Did she draw? Hang out with my daughter yep. too much. <laughs> Which is a real good drawing. Now, now Cosmatos is pissed that she could actually draw because she's the art director. Yeah. <laughs> he said, "I guess I like it. Let's this see if he can build it." Me look stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then Cosmatos said, "I guess I like it. Let's see if he can build it." Then uh, two hours later, he drives by in his golf cart and his black socks and white tennis shoes. It's only half built. And he yells into his megaphone, "Hardwick, it looks like shit." And he speeds off. This guy's a cartoon character. <laughs> you know, no, he's, he reminds me of some something else. Something that was the 45th president. Oh, that fucking thing. He's cut from that vein. It's just yeah. not from that kind of privilege. Sure. Yeah, yeah. 
So another time, Hardwick gets called into the sheriff's office. They're filming the scene. So here you've been pissing on everything. <laughs> uh, Cosmatos pointed at a deer head on the wall and asked what it was doing there. They don't uh, have deers in the Old West. <laughs> she said, it's set dressing. The set designer put it there, and it kind of matches the old photos of the place. Then Cosmato says, bring me the set director. Catherine said that he was in Tucson and have him, and that he would have a talk with her. Cosmatos asked again, why is there a deer head in here? Finally, he calmed down and shot the scene. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, Cosmatos complained that there are five cross- crosses in the background for one scene. I don't know. Uh, probably at, at the church. And yelled, it's a crucifixion. Why is there five? There should be three. What? Because <laughs> there's three at the well, uh, Jesus' crucifixion. Whatever. Sure. Because you want it to be... Uh, anyway, Val Kilmer was Doc the whole time on the fi- on the film set. Oh yeah, he's one of those guys. I'm annoying. Uh, and uh, like you said, Oldman. with that tape, he kept playing it to get into character, hanging out with DDL, fucking making him feed her, or you know feed him. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. left foot in it. Who's the other guy? Oh, D- the guy that played Digby in a uh, in a uh, Begby or Begby? Sorry, yeah, yeah. Um, he's a that dude's a fucking uh, method actor. Method actor. That too. must have been terrifying when they shot Ravenous. I fucking bet. Yeah. Jesus Christ, that guy's pretty intense anyway. Yeah. Uh, what's that fucking actor's name? Um, so basically, Val Kilmer Guy Pierce. played that. It's not Guy Pierce. It's Robert Carlo. Robert Carlo, sorry. Oh, yeah, there he is. Yeah, guy's Guy, Guy Pierce isn't fucking scary. Sorry. Robert Robert Carlyle, how, you know, even though he's like probably half my height and weight, I wouldn't fuck with that. Anyway, Val Kilmer's just listening to that tape over and over, just driving everybody nuts. Oh, yeah. And the way he described it, too, is just like, the, the guy talks really slow. <laughs> in the scene where he stabs Frank Stallone, uh, Val wanted to toss him in the air, but couldn't quite figure out how to do it. Toss? Toss Frank Stallone in the air while, while like he's a stabbing fucking, him. Like a baby? And also, the uh, fakey knife didn't go all the way back into the handle. And it was still poking Frank quite a bit when oh, he was stabbing shit. him. I uh, didn't use it. They'd hell bitch. Because <laughs> you'd have to have a retractable handle like longer than you yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, The third guy at the table in that scene is actually the bar owner in Mescal. Because every day or so, Val's assistant would go over there and get a bottle of scotch so Val could stay in character. <laughs> those, those DTs and sweats are real, folks. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, Cosmatos shot a city scene. Fucking leaving Las Vegas meth in that yeah, right. <laughs> So they're setting up a, a, a city scene. So 200 extras were brought in. Uh, he said he didn't like any of the women. Go figure. They didn't look right to him. Well, I was going to say, so far he hasn't liked one of, he hasn't liked any of them. <laughs> I'm thinking he's definitely, I wouldn't call it closeted gay. He just doesn't understand that he just finds the woman's or female form like unimpressive and just no, no use for her. He just doesn't have any respect for him. No. Oh. Because he did find a, a blonde with ample chest. Oh, so he's into that. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm totally okay. misreading this guy. He's like, girls can't do anything. Plus, she's gross. Get her out of here. <laughs> so Cosmatos used her for all the shots and called her big tits. Okay. <clears throat> Excellent. After a while, she said, uh, you know, this is my name. Please call me that. And he still called her big tits. Uh, after the film was completed, a sexual harassment case was filed and was settled out of court. Oh, Yep. Uh, wow. Val and Michael Bean choreographed their fight scene themselves. Uh, Bean played uh, Ringo as suicidal, mm-hmm. which is pretty good. And the fight would kind of be like suicide by cop. Uh, they figured uh, walking it off at 10 paces and doing the old draw thing had been done to death. So they kind of sussed each other. it wasn't that accurate, really. Nope. 
If you're going to shoot a motherfucker, you got to be like sitting at a card table, blow off a couple fingers. Oh, yeah. They circle each other. And is, oh, yeah. Uh, for va- uh, uh, Doc Holliday's. You got a knife out too? No, no. Okay. No, he just, oh, a, right. They got he's, their, he's twitching. That's twitching, right. They're twitching. tapping their guns. That's right. I mean, when he draws on them, he just like bam. Yeah. Like, yeah. Ah! All right, longer. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that, yeah. That's a that's actually a pretty fucking gnarly, gnarly fucking scene. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Whenever I've shot things in the head, they don't generally ah, for a while. They <laughs> yeah. Drop like a sack of potatoes, but it's pretty dramatic because you get skill. Come on. Come on, no, no daisy at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why, Johnny Ringo? You look like somebody just walked over your grave. Uh, Have your kids watch that one. Really. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the opening scene, the Mexican wedding scene, wasn't in the original script. Uh, it was filmed at Old Tucson, of course. And that's the Three Amigos scene there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Bean didn't like shooting that scene, though, because he later publicly apologized because he thought he was playing a real person and Johnny Ringo would have never shot a priest in the head. But Disney wanted bad guys and good guys, not the uh, kind of gray area script that Jar originally had. Or reality <laughs> had. <laughs> Uh, the film originally had the opening scene as the death old man Clinton killed by the Mexican army, but the scene was never filmed or put in. That would have taken a long time to catch up from that delay. Yeah. But the guy who they got to play old man Clinton was Robert Mitchum. Oh, shit. But uh, by the time the scene was to be shot, the production ran out of money and couldn't pay Mitchum, but the least they got him to do the voiceover, though. Oh, yeah, that's right. He does. Oh, Yeah. Tom Mixwell, oh, yeah. Robert Mitchum, that's right. You know, like yeah. fucking old fucking yep. dirty dozen. No, that's no, that's uh, Lee Marvin shit. You know Robert Mitchum, goddammit. Yep, I'm looking at him right now. Uh, Sam Elliott stands up for a five-year-old boy that asked for Kurt Russell's autograph, and Kurt wanted to fire him, but Sam said he'd walk off the set if he did. Wait, what? Hold on. <laughs> a five-year-old boy wanted his autograph. He said, "Fuck you, kid," mm-hmm. and then. Sam Elliott was like, just give him the goddamn... Calm the fuck down, Jack yeah. Burton. And then, he, and then he goes, I'm going to fucking fire you. Wow. So Cosmatos wanted flies for the dead people, but how do you get flies and how do you train them to stay? Uh, just cover your actors in meat juice. Mm-hmm. I mean, flies are... Yeah. So the prop master catches flies somehow, probably with the tweezers. With his long forked tongue. Mm-hmm. Then he freezes them for about 30 minutes, which stuns them. Ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Then they put Gatorade on the actor's face so they would stay there. <laughs> Period appropriate Gatorade. Mm-hmm. But uh, Cos- blue, blue ice. <laughs> Fierce creep. But Cosmato still yells at him because the flies weren't moving fast enough. Cause- I yelled action, you stupid fly. <laughs> well, it's like when I did that stop motion where I used uh, maggots from the pet yeah. store. Yeah, maggots and, I- and, and guts. Yeah, I used actual guts and brains, and then I uh, I herded the wax. I used waxworms instead of maggots, but like uh, herded them by blowing them with a hairdryer. Yeah, so yeah. They retreat from the warm air. Yeah, so they were being pretty lazy. You didn't get, you didn't drink a bunch of coffee and yell at them. I'm sure I was. <laughs> <laughs> so some crew members wore shirts with everybody's name on the back, and then when somebody left or got fired by Cosmato, so they would just cross them off. Oh, <laughs> so after a while, it's getting pretty, quite a few names. Of course, the longer they go on, the hotter it gets in Arizona, and everybody gets testing. And Jar had everybody wear period-appropriate wool to be authentic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kilmer said, I know why Doc killed so many people. He wore wool in 134 degrees and was pissed off all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. no shit. Uh, Cosmatos fainted uh, with heat exhaustion one time. 
and nobody tried to wake him <laughs> nope, up. He's good. Nope. And the crew walked right past him. <laughs> Finally, a medic came over to help because that's basically you'd get sued. If right, did no harm. Cosmatos probably to. fired him. Uh, <laughs> so he was finally cooled off. Of course, Cosmatos was kind of a hefty guy too, and the crew called him George Comatose, <laughs> or the Screaming Greek, or Zorba, Zorba the Hut. That's my favorite. Oh. Zorba the Hut. <laughs> Actually, a special effects coordinator, Dale Martin, he was checked out, uh, and his vitals were way out of whack from all the heat and stuff. And he was sent home, and later he died. Oh shit! Whoa! Yeah. What? That's because they dumped all his Gatorade on the fucking actors that yeah. he didn't get his electrolytes. Dude. So Catherine Hardwick, uh, she wrote down all the crazy shit Cosmatos had said over the shoot and puts it all on a t-shirt. Just like three fucking what? notebooks were. Puts it all on a t-shirt? probably just just yeah. nothing but filled up front and back, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, my God. And uh, Cosmatos found out about it and said, what's this? Catherine said, it's a tribute to all your poetry. <laughs> he goes, oh, it's about me. I want five in each size. <laughs> oh, my God. And, of course, the classic rubber chicken was the running joke uh, on the shoot, too. And the crew would put it into the background shots to see if... Oh, if you noticed? Yep. <laughs> oh. So I, don't, I haven't really looked for any rubber chickens in the oh, background. Shit. But there might be one. Uh, the opening scene where the cowboys were riding on the dry lake bed was uh, about 116 degrees. Oof. And also a dust devil popped up as they rode through it. Oh, see, that's what you got to do. That's some epic shit. Mm-hmm. And also there's lightning strikes nearby. That is rodeo as fuck. And since it's 1992, nobody thought of bringing any water along. <laughs> but uh, some of the buckaroos brought their own water. Because the buckaroos are the only competent. Mm-hmm. Well, not the only competent, but mm-hmm. the most competent people yeah. around, it seems. Uh, they had to rest underneath the horse trailers because that was the only shade around. Uh, when they're done filming, they noticed an Amtrak train stopped nearby watching them. <laughs> so the buckaroos saddled up and said, let's rob that train. Fuck yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah <laughs> yeah <dude>. <laughs> and they probably gave the passengers a shit in their pants. Uh, on off days, the crew would play baseball in Tucson there. Uh, Stephen Lang, I who played Ike Clanton. baseball. Mm-hmm. Stephen Lang got his finger dislocated. I didn't realize, like, yeah, like, it took me years to realize that that is the same fucking dude that plays, like, that jacked-ass fucking uh, colonel in, like, Avatar and shit. Like, like mm-hmm. he's, like, become, like, oh, a y- yoked-ass motherfucker. But, you know, Ike, you always picture that character as such a spindly little shit, but... Yeah, yeah. kind of a schlubby with a yeah. schlubby beard. But, yeah, Stephen Lang is not to be fucked with. <laughs> so the medic reset his uh, dislocated finger with a loud pop. People would watch in the stands, and Kirk Russell played with his mustache, and they said, hey, that looks like somebody. Nobody figured it out. (laughs) Uh, In the scene where Behan meets Wyatt, Kurt leaned his hand on the horsey's bum while he's talking. Oh. And as a joke, he put his hands right in the way of the horsey taking a shit. Oh, no. (laughs) And ran through his hands, and he just keeps talking. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) They didn't use that take, though, but somewhere there's there's a scene where Oh, man. We got to get the Blu-ray. I bet it's on the fucking special features. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just Play-Doh Factory and the fucking horse shit. (laughs) Unfortunately, horse shit's relatively solid. Oh, yeah. And the scene where Kurt roughs up uh, Billy Bob Thornton, Kurt asked to do with the gun when he takes it from him. And Cosmato said, uh, just throw it to the bartender, Milt Joyce there. And Kurt said, I want it to look cool. I don't even want to look when I throw it. 
So the guy behind the bar runs out and said, whoa, is that a real gun that you're going to be throwing at me? Uh, Cosmatos said, yeah, it's a rubber gun. Then uh, the guy runs up to Kurt and said, is it a real gun? He said, no, it's real. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, They finally swapped it out for a rubber gun, though. But they did the scene 14 times, and the bartender got hit in the head three of the times. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's a good thing it was a rubber gun. But yeah, also, no Billy, Bob, Billy Bob apparently improvised his lines when he's like doing the dealing. And he's like, you play like mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. You play worse than my, or my sister's kids and all that shit. <laughs> apparently, that's all fucking improv. Mm-hmm. Uh, the walk to the OK Corral was filmed. It was Cosmo's idea to have the building burning in the background. Uh, Sam Elliott, you could just kind of see him look at it and said, what the hell? What the hell's that? We're shooting El Topo. <laughs> right. Bring in the 200 fucking dead rabbits or dying yeah, yeah. rabbits mm-hmm. and the naked child. The, yep. <laughs> but in actually June in 1881, a fire did damage much of much a tombstone, though. At the same time? No. But, <laughs> of course, Cosmato said, I want a bigger. I want Rambo fire. <laughs> Rambo fire. Rambo fire. Rambo is a pussy. Tonight, when you get to work, Tony, yeah. you're going to make a cocktail called Rambo, Rambo Fire. Fire. <laughs> Gunpowder and ketchup and well, it's like, uh, 151. Uh, where is that? Like uh, Some places in Africa where they do uh, brown brown, where it's gunpowder and fucking oh, cocaine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No thanks. Well, they did use gunpowder for, uh, for pepper. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Very spicy. So the shootout at the OK Corral was choreographed for two days. Uh, they did follow the court documentation about who shot who and what sequence. Mm-hmm. And they had actors practice target shooting with live rounds, not at each other, but yeah. at targets, to kind of get the feel of the real real coil there. Uh, Robert Burke, who played Frank McClory, was the best shot, because he just played RoboCop in the third RoboCop movie. Yeah, mm. the one where he gets a jetpack. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah. Everybody chanted, Robo, Robo. <laughs> Robocop 3, the flight home. The flight home. Leading uh, goslings on their way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Val and uh, Michael Bean were also good shots, but Kurt Russell couldn't hit shit. Yeah, apparently Val was the quickest draw though, on the thing. Like He kept on practicing, practicing, practicing on that mm-hmm. shit. So most of other the ERP movies had the OK Corral outside of town in order to get kind of the big sky and the bigger backdrop. Which, nope. But in reality, it was right in town, well, no an shit. empty lot. I'm not going to park my fucking horsey out in the suburbs. And then, mm-hmm. and then walk two miles to town. Yeah, right? <laughs> so they were going to use quarter shot blanks. Uh, it didn't matter that the bang would be added in post. Yeah. Uh, it was all for the flash. What's quarter shot mean? A quarter of the load of normal load of gunpowder. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's just make a, basically it's going to make a poof of smoke and a little flash. Sure. Instead of setting the camera operator on fire. Yeah, like. right. <laughs> So uh, Kurt Russell walks up to the gun wrangler. Of course, he's in character too. So it's like Wyatt Earp uses full loads. <laughs> Wyatt Earp has a tiny dick. Wyatt Earp don't shoot blanks. Yeah. Uh, Wyatt Earp keeps telling Wyatt Earp that himself that. <laughs> oh my god! If Wyatt Earp just like talked to the third <laughs> person all the time. So of course, uh, Kurt gets a talking to, and he was told something to the effect like, "Hey, this guy's looking out for your safety." And uh, compromises made, and half loads were used. Yeah. Of course, this is right after the crow. I was going to say, isn't uh, that how fucking Brandon Lee died? Mm-hmm. Yep. Dumbass. Uh, I mean, not Brandon Lee, but Kurt. Like, sh- come on, man. Yeah. yeah. But uh, if I remember right, they because uh, they wanted a close-up on uh, on the crow, they wanted the revolver with, with the bullets in it. Mm-hmm. So they to save money, they didn't use, they made their own fake bullets. Oh. Uh, and they just basically just pour out all the powder, put those bullets in. Yeah, but the primer had enough juice. Enough or? juice to... And it was, clo- put, it was close enough, right? Yeah, yeah. 
So one of the bullets dislodged, and then they put in blanks behind that. Oh, oh then you, then you, have, then you basically was... have a muzzle loader with a yeah, power yeah, yeah. charge. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yep. I wonder what the fuck happened on that one that Baldwin was just in. But although I know the uh, the gun wrangler on that one it was accused of, like, she on other productions, take the prop guns out and go, like, load them up during breaks and target shoot. Yeah. And then do a nebulous job of clear. You never, ever... You shouldn't have live ammo on set, period. No, fuck no. There's no Ever. way. No reason. So while the shoot shootout was going on, uh, Josephine Marcus was getting her picture taken by C.S. Fly in the movie there. Mm, which was not the case. Uh, this was based on a photo from 1914 of Josephine with a see-through top. Ooh. Ooh la la. Whoa, what? What's, wait, what's her last name? Uh, Josephine Marcus... But uh, this photo claims to be Josephine Marcus, but if it was in 1914, she would have been 53. When the guy who with the picture in 1914 said that, and, and then he re- changes his story. He's like, oh, no, it was taken in 1883. Oh, I was sure. found in 1914. Oh, damn, scandalous. Mm-hmm. All right. I wonder if they'll let me post that on Instagram. Mm-hmm. It is from 120 years ago. Yeah. It's got nipples. It sure does. Uh, Those evil, evil nipples that everybody has. <laughs> I've got nipples, Greg. You want to milk me? <laughs> so nobody knows historically who fired the first shot, but according to Cosmatos, he told Val to wink at Thomas Hayden Church to start it off. Fucking everybody knows Han Solo shot first. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, the scene uh, worked pretty good, like clockwork. It was done again and again, though, for four days. Just... Single action pistols, just cock, fire, cock. you know, these guys got calluses on their thumbs. Oh, and, yeah. You know. No, it's kind of like square dancing with mm-hmm. guns. Especially Val, because he's got the two little... Mm-hmm. And every time, uh, Stephen Lang, he had to dunk his head in the water. That kind of started off the scene. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So it'd take hours to reset the scene. Uh, Bill Paxton felt sorry for his stand-in, who had to lay in the ground for 30 minutes at a time. He took over at a certain point. Even though the stand-in said he was okay, because that was his job to lay. It's my honor to lay for here for you, Mister Paxton. <laughs> uh, while uh, Paxton was laying on the ground after the fight, he said his cut raised from aliens. Game over, man. Oh, game, game over, game man. over, man. <laughs> uh, Robert Burke had squibs put on him, but the crew rem- member put it on the wrong shoulder. So instead of turning away from it, he turned into it. Uh, he got burned, and his ears were ringing. <laughs> Uh, later in the shot, he uh, gets shot and trips in a real hole. He thought he broke his ankle, but it was just a bad sprain. Damn. Good thing it wasn't the actual Old West. He probably would have died. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Walking star style. Uh, Sam Elliott cuts off his boot with a Bowie knife. He limps away. Awesome. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Sam Elliott's just fucking carrying a Bowie knife. Of course. Well, Sam Elliott. Gotta have that to eat your beef, because it's what's for dinner. <laughs> so the last two days of that shoot, uh, extras are brought in for background. Uh, along with some dogs and chickens. When the shooting begins, some extra would make goat sounds. What? Just to fuck with people. <laughs> so Cosmatos would stop and yell, Where's that damn goat? Get rid of it. <laughs> it's like Spooky with the, his dumb feedback <laughs> oh, whistle. Oh, man. <laughs> I want to hit him with a brick when he does that shit. <laughs> uh, everybody laughed, but of course it made the shoot longer. Uh, it took a l- 1,137 takes for that. Jesus Christ. Whoa, what? For that for that shootout scene? Mm-hmm. Well, that's all Whoa. the shots combined. Oh, right, so, right, yeah. And there's a lot of shots. Yeah, they're probably cutting from different, yeah. Yeah, it's not each shot 1,100 times. There's not, Jesus Christ. That- so Jar knew that Wyatt was rumored to been given a buntline special, that 10-inch barrel revolver. Yeah, which we've pretty much debunked. But no records exist of it. 
but he puts it in there anyway. Because uh, it looks dope. Also, in the final cut of the movie, like you said, Val shoots three times during that scene. Um, they shot it that way because there's two versions of the story where Doc shoots the shotgun in the air to scare the horses, and another story where he shoots Tom McClory in the guts with, right. the, with the shot. Well, and the other thing is, like, you know, it cuts away, so he could have jacked in another shell. You know, it's not right. too, I mean, yeah. it's not like a semi-auto or something, but it's not too hard to pop another shell in there. But, like, yeah, I've seen some internet fucking apologies. Well, you know, there is such a thing as a three-barrel truck. Like, oh, you know, they don't fucking, they're not common at all in the Old West, you dumb fuck. <laughs> it's a fucking movie. Sometimes mistakes are made. Yeah. No, it's got to be true. I got to believe that it's true. Before the tin cup, uh, Johnny Ringo scene with yeah. Val Kilmer there, he said he was nervous. So he just sees uh, one of the actors, Forey Smith, sitting on, a, on his chair outside. And Val just comes up and tackles him. So they start wrestling. Finally, Smith pinned him down and asked, uh, what, what the hell are you doing? Val said, oh, I'm just blowing off steam. What the fuck? Well, you've been drinking scotch for three weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, during that scene, they would uh, play the opening of Werewolves of London to get the crowd in the mood. Fucking Warren Zevon, baby. Warren Zevon. Michael Bean said he took three or four months practice to get his routine down. So that's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, during the Marshall Fred White, uh, that's Harry Carey Jr. He's an old uh, Western actor. Wait, like Harry Carey from the fucking baseball? No, mm-hmm. no. Oh, Cobb's win. Cobb's Should have been, though. Yeah. Well, I thought maybe it was his son or something. Uh, nope. Hi, everybody. Harry Carey here. That's the other thing. Like I said, in the, I think I said in that episode, Fred White was like, what, like 32 when you shot. Mm-hmm. This guy's significantly older. Yeah. Uh, one extra during that scene kept getting too close to the shot, and Cosmatos yelled at him, thinking he was trying to hog the scene. Turns out he was just an older gentleman who had taken out his hearing aid to be period correct and couldn't hear any of the instructions. (laughs) How's that now? (laughs) That same shot on the last take, Sam Elliott uh, ran around the corner, and everybody yelled surprise, because it was his 49th birthday. And a cake was brought out, and his wife came out too. Sam Elliott was only 49 in that movie? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. That dude's been like 60 for his entire life. Yeah. Yep. Jesus. <laughs> uh, Stephen Lang admitted to being drunk a good deal uh, of the time on set to get into character. Well, yeah. I, it, Watch it, Ike. That's makes sense. method acting. Yeah. Supposedly, of course, Val did too. Kill them herbs. I see him on the street. I see him hell on the shutter. <laughs> so Stephen Lang, after rapping, he immediately flies to Colorado to work on another movie. There he gets kidney stones. <laughs> He said he got it from not drinking enough water and too much tequila on the set yeah. there. Oh, shit. Shocking. Uh, he goes to a hospital in Glenwood Springs, ironically, where Doc Holliday died. Oh! Whoa. Cool. <laughs> and, of course, Val would, you know, is $50 scotch. That's what he would drink on the on this filming. I like to think that Val Kilmer is, like, uh, t- to get fully into character, he, like, had a doctor, like, inject him with tuberculosis. Yeah. So he could, could be slowly dying from Now, this is curable, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Just go to an arid place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the scene with Kurt going out in the rain and yelling was changed. Uh, originally, when Josephine came in, he calls her a Jew whore. Good thing they changed that. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. That, 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 you say Disney? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, tracks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With I was going to say. With, the, with so, the founder. Sounds like some shit fucking Walt would probably yell at somebody. There also is that rumored story of uh, Doc Holliday and, and Wyderp splitting up because Josephine was Jewish and, and Doc didn't like that. I don't know where that comes from, but 
It's a story that's out there. Damn. Uh, the rain Tombstone was fake uh, during that scene, but the lightning was real, though. So you're off on a crane and uh, lightning. Oh, yeah. Uh, also, during that scene, a dry sheet could be seen in the back as he stumbles around. That's kind of a flub. A what? Dry sheet. Dry sheet. Like a just dry sheet. What does it sound like? A sheet hanging that is dry. Mm-hmm. Oh. It, like they're raining only oh, a specific oh, oh, area. Oh, sorry. I forgot what where we were in the thing. <laughs> Got it. Dry sheet, Good. raining. Got it. Also, on the crane, they had a cuba lights to simulate moonlight. Uh, it was hoisted uh, up as high as 120 feet. So the locals called in the cops and the TV station and reported UFOs that night. <laughs> yes, awesome. <laughs> Party at the moonlight, man. Yeah, I was just going to say, fuck. <laughs> During night filming, the crew for The Quick and the Dead had already moved in and started building their sets. Ooh, uh, that big stupid clock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the last Monday, they filmed the last scene in Denver in the snow. But how do you make snow in Arizona during the summer? It's more than 90 degrees. Cocaine. Piles Should've and been. piles of cocaine. Asbestos. <laughs> uh, white sands? That's New Mexico. Plastic flakes. Plastic flakes. Oh, damn. that's lovely. That's why it's all getting in the fish. Yep. It's all tombstone. So it gets everywhere into your underwear. Mm. Oh, it's got to be awful. It's like shooting a movie in fucking uh, like, like insulation or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. <laughs> so that cost $27,000 for uh, plastic flakes for oh, 90 seconds of film. Fuck you. Just go somewhere with snow. <laughs> yeah, it's not that. I mean, it, go, it to Reyk- cheap- go to fucking Reykjavik it or something. Cheaper, like- yeah, it'd be cheaper to fly to fucking Iceland and shoot there. <laughs> Damn, dude. So the Bookaroos, they made a plaque for uh, assistant director Adam Taylor. You kind of took the brunt of all the Cosmatos shit. It had a presser ga- pressure gauge, which read into the red. <laughs> <laughs> then he asked his dad, uh, Buck Taylor. Uh, he actually played Turkey Creek Jack Johnson. Oh, yeah. And he said, it means you can work for any asshole. That guy is also in the uh, the Turkey Creek Jack guy. Uh, he's also in the uh, Rough Riders two-part miniseries. Oh. With uh, Tom Berenger playing. Yeah, I remember uh, that. Yeah. He's uh, buddies with the Nash guy, and he ends up dying of either his wounds or of malaria. Malaria's got mossy teeth, dandruff, and a fat butt. I gotta remember. I think it was. I can't remember if it was somebody on Instagram that hit us up, or if it was it. I think it might be one of my buddies from West Seattle. Uh, but uh, somebody I know, or at least have talked to, is like related to Turkey Creek Jack Johnson. Okay. Oh, cool. You well, know, like I said, I had a guy at the bar the other day that like is related to uh, James Butler Hitchcock. Should make him fight. Yeah, <laughs> naked knife fight in a, in a hole. Yeah. Well, no, that for that you know who's you know who's spawn. We got to find for that. Oh yeah. So the last day of filming, a flash flood came in and destroyed the whole cowboy camp where they were filming. Uh, they had to carry out all the cameras in five feet of water. Everybody kind of rushes to save stuff. Uh, then they break for lunch. Cosmatos would have buttered white bread with roast beef sandwiches. And caramel creme brulee every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not too. Mad and, and he died of what? Cancer. <laughs> Smoking. <laughs> <laughs> then they had to pull all the vehicles out of the mud. Luckily, um, they have horses galore. Mm-hmm. After lunch, Cosmato said, uh, "Okay, let's set up." And everybody kind of looks at him and says, "That's it. We're wrapped. We're not coming back." <laughs> <laughs> so no speeches, no ceremony, no party. Everybody just kind of leaves. Bye. And that's it. Bye. Uh, Cosmatos walked in the mud to his car, and his tennis shoes were stuck in the mud, and he just leaves them. The gets sad, in. Sad, sad Charlie Brown music playing. <laughs> uh, though everybody was proud of their stashes, they all had them shaved off immediately after they wrapped, though. Even Sam Elliott. 
What? Sam, god damn it. Now that every time you say after they wrapped, I just imagining because we talked about the the bat dance and the fucking yep. and oh, the, the the whatever <laughs> dragnet rap. I just want to see all the I'm your Huckleberry. Yeah, I want to see everybody in the in the cast like doing a fucking like yeah. Really really bad. Oh, they, that it would definitely be called I'm your Huckleberry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm your Huckleberry. So uh, Val and Kurt exchange gifts. Val got Kurt a lot in the real to- town of Tombstone. Wow. He had Thank Kurt's- you for this dirty alleyway. <laughs> uh, he put uh, Kurt's chair in it and took a picture and gave it to him, had it framed. They laughed because the lot number was 666. Awesome. Sick. Kurt gave Val a gift too, a plot in the Tombstone Cemetery. Oh. <laughs> cool. Uh, first cut of the film was 210 minutes. Which was too long for Disney. Hot damn. Uh, they sped up and split the post-production stuff to get it out before Costner's. And it premiered on Christmas Day. And reviews were so-so. Huh? Really? Mm-hmm. I went to that shit like fucking three times in the theater. But uh, Arizona Republic paper said the mustaches were better at the acting than the actors. No, fuck off. Fuck you. Of course, Val gets the best reviews. Sure. Uh, Shit, dude. I I even liked that movie when I was younger, and I fucking don't. I'm not into westerns. But uh, basically, it was word of mouth that kind of helped out the movie because they didn't uh, really promote it all that much. Oh, uh, super. Uh, Bill Clinton. Uh, Bill, not Clinton. Bill Clinton. <laughs> he liked it, even though Police Academy was his favorite movie, though. <laughs> Hillary, first and foremost, was a mother. Truth is, we rarely disagreed on parenting, although she did believe that I had gone a little over the top when I took a couple of days off with Chelsea to watch all six Police Academy movies back to back. Fine. Uh, came in third the opening weekend behind Mrs. Doubtfire in the Pelican Brief, oh. which is uh, a Pelican wearing underwear. Underwear, yes. Uh-huh. Pelican's Briefs. Uh, Costner's movie wrapped December of 93. Uh, no way for it to come out before Tombstone. Kilmer said, our script was so good, why are they bothering? <laughs> Costner predicted that his movie would be number one over the summer. Even Costner though, was incorrect. Even though Dances with Wolves was never number one, because it was always behind Home Alone. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> That says something. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wyatt Earp was 192 minutes long, and it felt longer. A 212-minute version was released on VHS. Costner version, the main thing I remember about that is you spend like, 10 minutes watching him just be drunk in a bathtub. Awesome. <laughs> it's just... So Costner's was called the Constipated Western. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Costner was said to revived and then killed the Western in, in a year and a half or whatever. In June 94, Tombstone uh, dumped uh, 400,000 VHSs onto the market right before Wyatt Earp. Costner's movie opened in theaters to, to jab at him some more. Yep. And one of those VHSs ended up at my house. Mm-hmm. Kurt said uh, Wyatt Earp was never a threat to Tombstone, but Tombstone was a threat to Wyatt Earp. Of course, it's not uh, 100% accurate, but it's better than most films that came before because Doc never had a Southern accident or accent. Southern accident? <laughs> Doc was a Southern accident. <laughs> uh, Doc never killed Ringo, though. No. Uh, Morgan and Verge weren't shot on the same night. No. And they killed a lot more cowboys in the movie than they did in real life. And there's more Clantons and, and more Earps than is, they let on. But it's mostly thanks to Jar's script and his insistence of accuracy, even though they fired his ass. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's Tombstone, I guess. Tom, or Tomstone. Tomstone. Tom Stone. 
<laughs> yeah. Now that's the thing is I you know, oh the, the yeah the the Costa one. I mean, there's ostensibly nothing. It, it it'd be like a good thing to just throw on the History Channel. Kind of, it's fairly you know. Yeah. It's just I I I mean, just looking at photos uh, like stills of the fucking movie, I'm like. Boring. Like, I don't know. The color is kind of shitty. And, like, I don't... His fucking White Earps hat and that is kind of... It looks like a... It looks like a modern-day Yeah, the boss, of the, the boss of the plane should be period-appropriate for that. And if you were, like, a towns guy, you're not going to sit there and crankle your shit all up, like... Right. You know, but... Yeah, boss of the plane's one... Is, that's the one he wears in, uh, in yeah. Tombstone. Well, right? that's the original Stetson cowboy hat. Yeah. And then people start shaping them and shit. That's, like, the legit... That's pisses me off when I see fucking a lot of westerns and they're wearing basically modern fucking cowboy hats and it's like yeah. no fuck you fuck you fuck you yeah. holy shit I did not know that any of that fucking the mad greek stuff. just just makes the whole movie oh yep. absolutely yeah what a fucking what what a just toxic place to hang out <laughs> on set that fucking yeah, I assume that most movie sets some degree of that, crazy, but this yeah. is pretty wild with the uh, the elements and like yeah you like you say uh, what did you call them the Zorba the Hut yeah Zorba and, the uh, Hut <laughs> the floating sandwiches and the all the shit oh yeah it's it's a good uh, there's catchphrases for the whole whole movie that that's, I like when uh, Curly Bill goes well bye yeah <laughs> yeah no that's the thing like the writing is fucking excellent with with that kind of shit i think that's why it like stands out even if even though I, i'm not into that genre of film when i was a kid it was just kind of like oh cool like yeah. it just it has really cool moments it's got like quotable wow johnny tyler madcap where you going with that shotgun yeah talk i didn't know you was back in town you think i've seen that a couple times yeah no <laughs> shit <laughs> skin that smoke wagon see what happens you ain't nothing but a skinny longer Bad, what an ugly thing to say. I like when he tells me he can turn his head into a canoe. That's good. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. All right. Well, we fucking made it. Frank and uh, fucking Chopin. I'm, I got a couple of days of work left, and then uh, I am flying to uh, the Far East. Japan. Japan. To see Westworld. New home. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to drive around in Oregon, pick up garbage. There you and, go. In the, wi- in the woods with... Thousands of other people's court appointed pickup. No, <laughs> Gambler five hundred. Gambler five hundred. You don't. You have to all dress like Kenny Rogers. No, they, they should make that. I like to try to dress like uh, halfway between uh, Carl Spackler from uh, Caddyshack and then Mad Max. There you go. Got the camouflage sun hat and the you know other stuff, but I just put inappropriate amounts of like knives and pockets on everything even though i'm just in my car <laughs> you know gotta have at least three knives on you while you drive around well, yeah sam elliott taught us that in this episode right. you get your foot stuck in a hole you gotta cut your boot off so you know well like i said when will when will was uh picking me up today i was in the middle of because i i have a gerber freeman face play that the sheath they come with their dog shit so i'm like sitting there like carving out some leather so i can make it into kind of a boot knife type ordeal sweet like just a in case jack burton style just in case we get in a rollover and I gotta cut my seatbelt, yeah. or actually it'll be more like slicing cheese for cheese and crackers on the hood of the Jeep, but, <laughs> you know, I can dream. You should get one of those tools where you can break the window in case you go into the water. I fucking have something like that. It's my fist, dude. <laughs> no. If you're driving around Hood Canal, that's that's what you need. Well, it's like we went out fucking turkey hunting and I had to... Bunch of shit, and I had people ride in the car, and I got back, I couldn't find my fucking K-bar. 
It's like, God damn it, did that, like, somebody knock it out of the backseat, you know, and, like, it was like an $80 fucking knife, and yeah. I spent a lot of time regrinding it to get it sharper. I've been driving around, like, just bummed out. I was like, oh, fuck, it's somewhere out in the woods by Cleome. And then the other day, I'm, like, tooling along and, like, thinking about taking off my T-tops, I look up, and I got it up in the visor of the car. <laughs> it's like a, you know, seven-inch long yeah. Marine Corps car. I'm very glad I didn't get pulled over. Yeah, no shit. During that stretch of time. But I found it. <laughs> but I found it. I think I remember what happened as I, I, I brought it into the car and we were we fired it up to get fucking warm because it was like 28 degrees that morning. Mm-hmm. I'm like sitting there shivering and eating a pudding cup and drinking the coffee I made last night that I got on my Stanley brand thermos. And I put it up on the thing to get it out of my way ah. and then neglected to pull it down. So There you go. Good thing it didn't like fall out and... Pokey in the lake. That's or something. well, it's in a fucking sheath. Oh, but okay. no, I'm just saying, like that would be that would be my luck. You like get pulled over. Oh, you know what? You know, you know why I pulled you over, and the fucking thing finally falls <laughs> out, and you, you know, combat knife plops into your lap. Yeah, I'm just like, uh, yeah. taste, well, taste, luckily. taste. Anyway, cool. Um, we're gonna leave you. Um, like I said, you will you will not experience any interruption in service. <sighs> But, but I'm going to go fuck off for a couple of weeks. Yeah, meanwhile, we'll have a couple of weeks off, and we'll either come back rejuvenated or tired. One of the two. <laughs> probably a little column A, column B. Yep. Um, Give me some time to catch up on some of the... Because I'm way behind Will on any of the research shit, so... Yeah. I'm still trying to slog through that one book, and it's... Oof, the... The one with the Anyways, we'll be back, but until then... We're going to go out in a hail of Zorba the Hut Fire. Yeah. Fuck you, my city. I want you to know it's over. Well. Bye.